Hello everybody, my name is Daniel Prince and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Friar Hass, Hass McCook, and he is uh, the the DCA man, the dollar cost average man uh, on, on Twitter, known as an evangelist for spreading the word about how to start your Bitcoin journey and start stacking your sats in a, um, a daily or weekly or monthly fashion. So we get deep into um, dollar cost averaging and um, th- this this method of of building a portfolio or building an investment and um, you know saving for your future. There, you know, we, we get deep into his his backstory as well, and you know he's been through some dark times. And um, I'm you know really glad that he opened up and um, was willing to share that. So let's get into the show. But um, today's sponsor. Um, perfect sponsor, uh, coinfloor.co.uk. They get a shout out by Hass in this interview for being, you know, a Bitcoin company through and through, 100% Bitcoin. You can go there. It is an exchange, so you can go and and just buy, you know, one off if you want. Or they have the auto or the auto buy, which uh, I certainly think that after this episode, you're going to think very much um, about setting something up like that. Now, that's available in the UK, or if you are a UK expert with uh, access to the UK banking system, that's uh, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. Go check them out. You can go find Obi, the CEO, on one of my earlier podcast episodes as well. Let's get into today's guest. And um, as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me from from down under is uh, the Good Friar, and uh, I'm sure you'd all know him on uh, on Twitter. And uh, want to really get into um, uh, a bit of his backstory and uh, the DCA uh, phenomenon around Bitcoin. Friar, welcome to the show. Thanks for spending the time. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us, Daniel. It's a, a great pleasure. So. As usual, as is um, tradition, we have Lauren here to ask uh, the first question. Why would that? Why? Why should we buy Bitcoin every week? Okay, so fantastic question. I'm so happy you asked because this is this is what I'm all about. So, have you ever rang up, or has has a charity ever called you up, Greenpeace or the Red Cross or, or any other charity, and asked for a donation? I don't think so. Yeah, they do. They, they do? do. I just take so, those yeah, so, yeah. So j- very occasionally. And the reason they ring very occasionally is they usually sign you up to a donation, a small donation of $5 a month or $10 a month or $2 a week or something recurring. And when you tell them, hey, look, I'm not comfortable with the recurring, how about you just take my credit card and uh, I'll give you a million bucks right now. They say, you know what, that's really generous, but it's far more helpful to us if you could just give us $20 a month so that we can rely on that $20 coming in every single month. So we, as the Red Cross, can fulfill our mission of saving lives, or we, as Greenpeace, can continue our work of saving the environment. Uh, Bitcoin is uh, also a charity. It's actually only the second charity in history 
uh, where uh, people who donate money uh, also become wealthy. And uh, what's the mission of Bitcoin as a charity? Uh, the, the Bitcoin charity's mission is to fix money, i.e., fix everything that's wrong in the world. You fix the money, you fix the world. So there's no charity more noble than Bitcoin. Problem with Bitcoin is uh, it's inflationary at the moment. And unless there's people buying every week to absorb the inflation, the price won't be stable. Now, the Bitcoin charity is only effective when the price is stable. Because when the price is stable, uh, merchants in Venezuela, uh, you know, in, in countries in Africa and in India can start pricing their wares in Bitcoin and not be afraid of the price fluctuating. If Bitcoin's price isn't stable, it doesn't function as a charity or, as, as I say, a high-impact organization or technology. So buying once, I think, uh, uh, you know, is good, but I think buying once doesn't make you a Bitcoiner. It makes you uh, an investor or, or a speculator or, or anything like that. When you ideologically commit to support this project every single week uh, by, by buying or by earning, uh, this is what makes you uh, a Bitcoiner, and this is what will allow uh, Bitcoin to be sustainable long term. When people ideologically take the stand and say, you know what, I'm not going to be saving you know, my $50 a week in the fiat system in the bank. I'm going to save it in Bitcoin, uh, no matter what the price is. Uh, because you know, when I uh, need to to call upon it in five, ten years, it'll be worth more. And if I don't need to uh, call upon it in five to ten years, hell, I donated uh, to the best charity in history, uh, you know, uh, while it existed. I think that's a brilliant analogy. Um, did you have uh, another question? Yeah, since you went to lots of places, and uh, now you're living in Australia. Well. You used mm -hmm. to live in Australia. Yeah, he is. Yeah, still, I live, I live there now. I've jumped around a lot, but I live there now. You, you don't really have an, an Australian accent. <laughs> yes, no, no, it's true. I have a very slight uh, Aussie twang, uh, but uh, I've had an intercontinental upbringing, and uh, I, and I hit, uh, you know, puberty or adolescence, you know, that uh, stage of my life uh, in Lebanon. And uh, when I was there, I was at an American school, and uh, all the kids spoke with an American accent. Uh, so it uh, it kind of rubbed off uh, on me in that direction. So I've got a uh, a slightly internationalized version of an Aussie accent. I still say pass. I still say hard. I still say tower, uh, computer, uh, not computer, pass, fast. Uh, so uh, so. Uh, Aussie, Aussie enough, but uh, only only subtly Aussie. Do you have the awkward situation where you're uh, mistaken for a Kiwi amongst? Um, yeah, like sometimes. The... <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, rarely uh, because you know the poor Kiwis barely barely anybody even knows about those guys. So uh, <laughs> so they probably get mistaken for Aussies uh, far more than we get mistaken for Kiwis. Well, thanks for your questions. Do you want to say uh, yeah. good night to uh, the fryer? Good night. It's night time in Australia. Yeah, uh, 7 p.m. I'm. Uh, yeah, because we're morning and over there's the night. So because the the, the world. Yep, that's right. <laughs> everything's Bye. everything backwards. Everything's backward so, over yeah. here. Don't worry about it. Catch you next time, Lauren. Yeah. Thanks for it. Um, lots to get into actually. Um, let's start with Fryer. Why Fryer? What's the what's the story behind 
the the moniker. So uh, so it came about uh, few last year, probably yeah, about a good eight to ten months ago. I uh, I wrote a piece uh, for Alex Svetsky's Bitcoin Times, Volume One, and uh, my piece was called "The Passion of the Believers," and it was a it was a it was a piece about uh, Bitcoin religion. So I. Uh, I, I decided to sort of uh, uh, give myself a uh, religious title, so I uh, I started you know scanning scanning the books and the different uh, you know religions and the different kind of characters that there were in religions from bishops to sheikhs to imams uh, to uh, you know to to rabbis to monks all of that kind of stuff and uh, and the title that suited the most uh, I felt uh, was the title of friar so. A friar uh, is probably near the you know Christian equivalent of a monk, in that you know they are a lay person uh, that you know you know stays humble and all of that kind of stuff. But a friar is never ordained, isn't really given an official title uh, by anyone, isn't given official uh, responsibilities by anyone, but effectively moves amongst the people and the provinces. Uh, spreading the good word, uh, supported by the people. Uh, so, uh, so that's effectively me, sent by sent by no one, uh, but carrying carrying this this religious message uh, of Bitcoin because I I do view it. Uh, for me, Bitcoin is a ideology and and way of life, and uh, the dictionary definition of religion is effectively, you know, a a series. Of uh, beliefs and rituals that you stick to. Uh, so, uh, in in terms of like my belief system, uh, I used to, well, not not quite social justice warrior. I've never been a social justice warrior, uh, but I've uh, always been an economic justice warrior. And uh, if you taught uh, these, uh, you know, well-meaning SJWs, I don't even know if they're well-meaning uh, at this point. But if you did teach them a little bit about economics and Bitcoin. Uh, they would move away from social justice and flock towards economic justice, as uh, as uh, you know, fixing the money really fixes everything, and uh, you can only really gain uh, an appreciation for this worldview and this you know economic dogma, if you will, uh, if you've been you know lucky enough uh, to live like I was lucky enough uh, to live in a place like Lebanon, uh, where they've ruined the money. And uh, and now the chickens are coming home to roost, and uh, they've ruined the people. And there's going to be a lot of pain and misery and, and depression uh, in Lebanon uh, because of that. Uh, so uh, so for me, Bitcoin is something uh, extremely uh, uh, you know uh, spiritual and religious. And uh, to that uh, you know uh, extent, I would consider myself a, a religious extremist zealot. And uh, yeah, evangelism is uh, is uh, incumbent upon me. So uh, people say, you know, what what can somebody do for Bitcoin? You know, uh, work in a Bitcoin job. Uh, you know, build, do coding. Uh, evangelism is probably one of the, the the most important and unsung roles because you know every extra person you bring to Bitcoin uh, uh, just increases. Uh, increases the strength so i'm a i'm a big believer in in evangelism and, and spreading of the religion mate you're part of the crusade yeah yeah oh that's, definitely uh, that that's cool um so when you were in lebanon um did you see this firsthand happening i mean what age were you then and 
So uh, I, I, I didn't see it firsthand because it had already predated me. So the reason I was in Australia uh, is because basically my parents were ruined by hyperinflation and they moved from Lebanon to Australia. So uh, uh, what, I came, what year was that? So I came to Australia in 86. Mm -hmm. So in 1980, uh, four Lebanese lira would get you a US dollar. And by 86, it was 1800 lira. So the central bank pulled that back to 1500 and fixed it until four months ago. And now it's at 4,500 lira. So uh, there's mm. been 300% inflation so far this year. Uh, you know, there's 40% uh, 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 unemployment there. Uh, the money printer going brr uh, ruined the Middle East through war. So Lebanon, a country of 4 million, also has 2 million Syrian refugees in it. Uh, so, uh, so if you can, if, and, and Lebanon itself is a disaster simply because, you know, the politicians are corrupt and steal all the money. So, uh, for example, over the, most politicians there are, are billionaires and, uh, over the past decade, uh, $30 billion has been invested in, uh, energy infrastructure projects. And like, uh, there's only electricity for about six hours a day, and there's been no new power plants built in ten years. <laughs> huh. Okay, not difficult to figure out where that cash has um, been siphoned off to, then. Uh, but because the people don't have control of the money, uh, these things uh, these things happen. Uh, so the only way really to to, to stop uh, corruption at a global scale. Uh, is is to fix the money, and everything comes back to to fixing the money. And once once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that's probably why a lot of us Bitcoiners uh, are crazy uh, and uh, refuse to look at the small picture uh, because it all comes back uh, to fixing the money. So uh, so that's why I'm uh, you know I'm especially uh, passionate uh, about it uh, because I've I've witnessed uh, the effects. Uh, of of hyperinflation, so I I personally am a product of hyperinflation. Uh, you know the reason I grew up in Australia is because of hyperinflation. Uh, it's uh, it's it's funny it's funny how money makes the world go around. Yeah, that's mad. So when your parents, you know, when you talk to your parents about it, and um, you know, scary times, right? It, that's a huge decision to. Like you were a baby, right? Here we are. We've got a young couple that have got a you know a baby in arms, and they can see the problems unfolding in front of their eyes. And it's like, well, do we stay and write it out, or do we go? You know, what's the best decision? At that time, it wasn't just hyperinflation. Shells were falling, and you know, civil war was was unfolding as well. Wow. Uh, but you know, all of you know. Uh, these things exacerbate each other. Hyperinflation exacerbates war. War exacerbates uh, hyperinflation. So uh, they didn't really have much of a choice uh, uh, but to leave. Man, that brings it home to roost, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. Not many people really, you know, I think too many people take that for granted when we're talking about, um, you know, immigration laws and things like that. You know, the, the, here's a young family that are just trying to escape a country that is falling, you know, down around them. Oh, they were in line before I was even a, uh, like they were in the immigration queue before I was, a, you know, a, a twinkle in my dad's eye. So uh, my sister was, was born at the time, but we had to, we had to wait 18 months. So uh, I got to Australia. I was two months old. I just uh, 
missed out on getting the born in Sydney stamp on my passport. So I still get curious eyes whenever I go to an airport seeing a place of birth, Beirut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. And yeah, I mean, even that alone sucks, right? You know, the, the fact that that raises people's eyebrows or suspicions is just nonsense. Yeah. Oh, it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So when you talk to your parents about Bitcoin, are they just like pre-programmed to get it? Like that, uh, that generation, those people they're, that they're, have been... They're old school and uh, my dad's uh, a banker as well. And uh, uh, so like my dad has some because I forced him to buy some when I first bought some, which was the bubble mm-hmm. top of 2013. Right. Which was arguably the worst time in history to buy Bitcoin. And th- and three years later, I was still down 80%. It had effectively ruined my life at, at that point uh, because I was so emotionally and ideologically attached to the idea of Bitcoin and just seeing it devalue and devalue and devalue like sort of made me lose hope in humanity a little. I mm. think to myself, how the hell can humanity value Bitcoin at $2 billion and value Snapchat at $20 billion is like, is this what I believe in? Am I really alone in, in this belief? So uh, it's almost as if uh, there was, you know, a bunch of shorters trying to gaslight the true believers uh, into us believing that, you know, economic justice and equality was, was a, was a bad ideal to strive to. And, uh, and it, and it did weigh me down. Like it, it was, uh, effectively a collapse of my worldview. This view mm. I'd spent decades building that, you know, fixing the money, we finally have a tool to fix the money. And, uh, everyone thinks this tool is dumb. Uh, so because of like, you know, the, 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 the harm, the mental, uh, harm I did to myself uh, over those years, uh, like my family hates Bitcoin. Like they oh, blame man. it for my problems. <laughs> no way, really. How dark did it get? Oh, pretty much uh, as bad as you can imagine. So, uh, so like uh, uh, every time like I'd have a conversation with any one of my friends, they'd start jabbing. How's that Bitcoin going? How's that Bitcoin going? How's that Bitcoin going? I heard it crashed. I heard it got hacked. I heard it crashed. I heard it got hacked uh, to the point where in, in August 2016, I remember there was a, another like flash crash from $400 to $200. And uh, my grandma had just died. And at her funeral, one of my cousins told me, like, I heard Bitcoin was going to crash. Like, I think it's it's dead forever. So I literally Whoa. became the Bitcoin man. And all I got was ribbings. I heard Bitcoin crashed. I heard Bitcoin crash. So... Uh, you know, I was, I uh, started to become embarrassed to face people. It was, it was, it was basically all I could talk about for two months in those, in that 2013 moon period. And then it was just four years of nonstop, like devastation. You see memes on the internet, you know, Bitcoin's the best performing asset in history. And you look at your portfolio and you're down 80%. Uh, and throughout all of these, uh, like struggling years, you know, price would, uh, uh, you know, dip from a thousand to six hundred, I'd buy, and then it dipped to four hundred, uh, and then I'd buy, and then it dipped to three hundred. And I say, you know what? I'm not buying anymore. It'd go up to five hundred. I'm like, yes, finally, people believe in Bitcoin again. I'd buy some. Then it'd crash back to three hundred. 
So it was just a, a series of disasters buying every single local like FOMO uh, breakout top. The, the usual the usual story, like I'm sure a lot of people uh, went through with it. And when it was down in the dumps at 200, like the abuse had been so bad, I just couldn't bring myself to buying. Now, if I had auto DCA, none of this matters. I just set auto DCA and I forget about it. I've been paying for Spotify for two years now. I've probably used Spotify five times. I've been, you know, paying for Netflix for eighteen months. The last time I watched Netflix was Tiger King in the in the midst of the of the of the pandemic, and before that, I didn't watch Netflix for three four months. Uh, when you have something set up uh, to forget, like you you really you you stop caring, and you're sometimes probably too lazy uh, to even to go in and cancel it. So auto DCA as an investment strategy uh, can really help you through, uh, you know, mental self anguish over, over trying to, uh, you know, time the market, uh, correctly. So this is why I'm especially passionate about, uh, auto DCA, uh, because without such a functionality, people are going to panic buy, they're going to panic sell, uh, they're going to buy FOMO tops. Like you saw the other day, we blew through 10,000 and I put a message, uh, you know, a tweet up on Twitter saying like, if you buy now, like you're going to lose in the short term, like it's going to crash. Uh, but you know, get in while it's hot, and maybe you can destroy a shorter. Uh, but uh, this is what happens: you break through a psychological level, everyone FOMOs in, and then uh, everyone gets dumped on. So don't FOMO in; just buy once a week, or once yeah, a day, or once an hour, whatever. Uh, so like, I know it's, it sounds funny once an hour, but once an hour, like, uh, I think only one company offers it. I think only river financial offers, you know, uh, hourly DCA or whatever it is, but it's effectively the same thing. Uh, you can buy, you know, $10 a day or 50 cents an hour. Like it doesn't really matter if it's the same drop down box on the exchange, you know, be a troll and buy hourly. Uh, but there's no, there's no significant difference between buying, uh, uh, hourly, daily, or weekly, but there is a big difference between buying weekly and monthly. So, frequent small buys and uh, and save yourself uh, a lot of uh, mental and social anguish. <laughs> well, I'm going to get so deep into the DCA that we're going to just lay this out for people yeah. as plainly and as simply as possible. But we, before we do get there, um, I just want to. Like ask you about your rabbit hole story because clearly you know fix the money. This is this is something you, you had this ideology perhaps even before Satoshi released the white paper. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so how like what? Why were you already in that mindset? So like, you know, so I've got an engineering background, civil engineering. I build mega infrastructure. That's my thing. I stay away from the money. Mm -hmm. Financial crisis happened. World crashed. Uh, all of the good engineers, uh, so I was the only engineer in my degree that got first class honors that went and worked hmm. in engineering. <laughs> Everyone went and worked in banking and insurance and all that gibberish. Of course, of course, yes. So all my mates were making a killing in the finance world. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do level one of the CFA and see how I like finance. So while I was doing level one of the CFA, like when studying uh, uh so there's uh, not sure if you're familiar with the CFA, but it's like basically they send you out like six textbooks to self-learn, big stack of textbooks. 
uh, a relatively small ethics textbook. <laughs> <laughs> and just Naturally. to make sure that we, I, I don't, I don't want to wash over the acronym. So for listeners that are listening, that might be thinking, what does CFA stand yeah, for? Yeah, so that's the just... that's the, the the chartered financial analyst certification. For civil okay. engineers, a CFA is a continu- uh, is a, a continuous flight auger. That's something you build retaining walls with. But this one <laughs> is a finance certification. So there was a textbook on ethics, a textbook on econ, which was like macro and micro, uh, a textbook on like alternative investments, one on accounting, one on finance, and one on like options and derivatives and all of that kind of stuff. I was able to go through the ethics, flying colors, all made sense. Uh, accounting made sense, finance made sense. Uh, but then I learned about like the reserve requirement when I was learning about economics. Uh, and I learned about like options like and derivatives. And I was studying it and I just couldn't get it. And the only way I could start understanding these concepts is if I started lying to myself. It's the only way you can understand. Like if you're schooled in, in systematic thought and engineering – Things like uh, options and derivatives and the the fractional reserve banking, I should not compute for you, because they go against the laws of you know, mathematics and everything you're taught about. Uh, unfortunately, I had this realization about six months before the white paper was written. Wow! And I just said, okay, you can't really fix the money. Best we can do is fix the infrastructure. And if everyone has good infrastructure, physical infrastructure, you know that could level the economic playing field. And I like stuck to being an infrastructure man. And then I was a completely oblivious of Bitcoin for the next three, four years, even all the way through my Oxford education, doing an oh, MBA man. at Oxford. No one even brought up Bitcoin uh, until by accident on summer break in Oxford in July 2013, uh, I'd found out about Bitcoin because it had pumped something massive in April and then crashed. And like it was making waves on the internet. Huh. So I looked into it. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I've got to go buy as much as I can right now. Uh, hopped on the internet, you know, in England. Obviously, as a, as a student on a student visa, didn't have access to like banking infrastructure. The only company selling it was this company called Bitalicious. Now, Bitalicious still exists and is quite reputable. Uh, but seven years ago, you, you get into this thing... Uh, that the whole internet is calling a scam. You see a company called Bitalicious. You say, you mm-hmm. know what? I think I might hold off uh, for a little. I checked out some some uh, websites in Australia. I found a uh, a local uh, VC funded uh, broker uh, who one of the angel investors was an Oxford MBA uh, angel investor. I'm like, you know what? I can trust these guys. As soon as I get back to Sydney, I'm buying Bitcoin. So uh, academic year ended, got back in uh, early October, signed up, uh, signed up for, the, uh, for the account. It took like five days to go through KYC. In the meantime, Bitcoin went from 200 US to 400 US in those five days. KYC was passed, ready to make my first deposit. Like I'm ready to pile in some money. So my life savings, whatever I had left after, after uni, like was going into Bitcoin, like I was sure this was going to go to 10, 20, 50, 100 million dollars each. And I thought, you know, like uh, I was so lucky that I discovered this before anyone else had. Uh, so first day, went to deposit money. For my own safety, 
I was only allowed to buy $200. And with every deposit I make, they would raise my limit by $20. So uh, there was two ways of uh, deposit. You can either, you know, do an electronic transfer or you can go down to a, uh, to a, to a bank and uh, make a cash deposit. So the first day I went down and made 20 $10 cash deposits so that my limit would go up by $400. <laughs> so then I had a $600 limit. Then the next day, go down, make $60, $10. And like everyone at the bank knew me as the crazy guy, first name basis, like the guy that was buying Bitcoin. So by the time I could get up to like my maximum cap of 2000 a day, uh, Bitcoin was at uh, – uh, uh, 990 Aussie dollars. So I bought max at 990. The next day it was at 1100, bought the max. Uh, the next day it was at 800, bought the max. The next day it was at a thousand, then 1100, then 1300 Aussie. And then, yeah, three weeks later it was 400 Aussie and all my money was gone. <laughs> Man, that is a baptism of fire. So I calculated it and I spent <laughs> a thousand days in the red only because I averaged down. So I did buy oh. those big dips and because mm -hmm. the Aussie dollar crashed 20%. Otherwise, I would have spent like 1,200 days in the red. <laughs> so oh, on, mate. So, and, and as you may have noticed, a lot of like the super influences, you know, God love them and I love the work they do. Uh, they've never spent a day in the red. So it's very easy to preach Bitcoin mm. when you've never had to like endure financial loss for longer than maybe three, four months. Have you hodled the whole the whole way? The whole way. Man, it's charity. I've given time. my I've given my money to charity and it's gone. And it I have the keys to this money. Uh, yeah. but uh, you know, I still work a construction job, been doing that, you know, for the last seven years grinding away. Uh, if I had auto DCA, maybe I would have had double to triple the Bitcoin. Uh, but, you know, what do you do? I have it now. You know, mm -hmm. I've had it, you know, for a year. Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I, I obviously didn't get into civil engineering to make money. So, like, uh, you know, so I've, I've built, uh, you know, so uh, I've built the, the, the Sydney desal plant, for example. I've, uh, I've been like a, a main constructability advisor on a $9 billion dollar uh, uh, metro way in Sydney. So I've probably been involved in, you know, 35, 40 billion dollars worth of infrastructure projects, Beijing Olympics, uh, 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 Bayern Munich Stadium, uh, you know, biggest companies in the world. Uh, civil engineers don't get paid much money. It would have been far easier uh, and lucrative for me to just forego engineering and go into like banking and finance after uni and ruin the money. Uh, but the people, uh, need infrastructure. And at first I used to think it was civil infrastructure that was the most important. Uh, you know, water, roads, transport, energy. Uh, but the only infrastructure worth a damn is Bitcoin. Yeah, nicely said. So when, if we take it back to the, when, when you found Bitcoin and you looked into it, and if, if we think about like when you looked into like the options derivative market and fractional reserve banking and you're like, this is disgusting. When you read the the, the white paper and looked into um, how 
Bitcoin works and the mechanisms behind it and the math and the engineering. And you were just like this, like did all of the pieces of the puzzle just fit immediately? And from an I engineering just, brain. I just read the abstract. Right. It's all you needed. It's, uh, it tells you everything you need to know. And uh, when they drop the word, you know, voluntarily in there, uh, that's all I needed to know. So I, I believe in the, you know, Ray Dalio knowledge by delegation. If they're like a, a million nerds that live and breathe this, that are happy that it works, I'm happy that it works. Uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, the, the very basic principles of transacting without a third party, uh, uh, volunteerism and no central authority, uh, that's that's all I needed to know. The, the fact that it was alive and had value uh, was was all I needed to know. I and personally, I I don't understand the engineering. So I understand okay. structure. I understand structural engineering and whatnot. But the the computery stuff, I uh, I need to defer uh, to the experts. But now, obviously, after you know being around for almost seven years, uh, I uh, I do understand you know uh, quite a bit more. But I'm I'm not a coder uh, uh, by any means. Uh, but I do understand uh, incentives, and I've lived amongst chaos like in in my life before. Uh, and I know how valuable a tool like this can be in an environment of chaos. Uh, so, you know, most of the people involved in Bitcoin now are Westerners. Uh, they haven't really had their taste of chaos yet. Uh, yet, well, uh, you said yet, I, I think for the past six months, people have had their first taste of chaos. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and, and chaos really, really makes the value proposition of Bitcoin stick out like a sore thumb yeah it does man it does okay let's let's get down the dca rabbit hole and um so yeah first of all another acronym so for the listeners that that don't fully understand what what we're saying when we say dca could you just um in your own words and understanding like help help yeah. people understand so, uh, so dollar cost averaging is a is an investment is an investment strategy so dca dollar cost averaging which uh, basically uh, the idea about it is a fixed dollar amount at a fixed frequency uh, regardless of asset price. So, for example, a DCA would be, uh, let's say, uh, you know, you wanted to invest, uh, I don't know, in any stock, let's say Apple. If you wanted to DCA into Apple, you would buy $100 worth of Apple shares every month. Some months it might get you, you know, actually Apple and shares in general are bad because uh, you can't buy a fraction of a share. You can buy a fraction <laughs> of a Bitcoin. There so let's go. just use Bitcoin. Let's just not use analogies. So dollar cost just, averaging. Um, just, just before you do go ahead, um, I, again, I just want to keep this as simple as possible in case people are listening and they're thinking they hear the word dollar and they're not, you know, that they don't live in a country that has dollars. It's not, it's not. Like you, it's not you need dollars to buy Bitcoin. If you're living in the UK, you can use sterling. You, yep. you know, euros in France. So um, we could, so we'll call it, it Malaysia. Let's, so we'll call it FCA, fiat cost averaging. Perfect. So it's so Love it's that. basically uh, every every week or every month or every six months, whatever whatever the period is, so long as it's fixed. Uh, that's that's the that's the catch uh, for it to to work and be measurable. Uh, you know, it needs to have some structure. It's every week, 
I'm going to buy a hundred bucks of Bitcoin. Uh, you know, this week it might get me uh, uh, a, a million sets. Next week, maybe nine hundred thousand sets. The week after, maybe only eight hundred thousand sets. But the week after that, maybe one point two million sets. And over time, uh, whatever the period average. So let's say uh, you uh, uh, you uh, you FCA into Bitcoin uh, once a week. Whatever the weekly average price of Bitcoin is, will effectively be the value of your portfolio. If you uh, if you uh, average every hour, uh, whatever the hourly cost average of Bitcoin is, uh, you know will will be uh, your average cost. So uh, effectively, th the reason I like uh, uh, DCA is uh, going back to the to the charity. Uh, to the charity analogy, that at this stage in Bitcoin's life, uh, it still needs uh, it still needs support. It's it's hard uh, to to talk about uh, without you know sounding like a, a multi-level marketing or Ponzi scheme scammer. But the long and short of it is this: so uh, you know the main technology underpinning Bitcoin is number go up technology, all right, or NGU. So NGU is what brings the people in, and that's you know could be speculators, investors, uh, devs, uh, 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 DCAs, whatever. Now number gap also keeps them in, because sometimes the the weaker handed guys are scared off by Bitcoin's other technology, which is the number go down uh, technology. <laughs> so more people and more devs come in. That means you know number go up. Because you know more people means more buyers means uh, more money in means uh, number go up and that loop just you know sort of feeds itself perpetually. Now sometimes uh, number go up too much. You know some people say you know that's what do you mean number going up is a is a bad thing, but sometimes when number go up a hundred times, uh, it can ruin the narrative for three or four years. So. Between the years 2014 and 2017, like I couldn't give a shit if Bitcoin was two dollars two years ago. I give a shit that ten months ago when I bought it, it was a thousand dollars. And a lot of people just seem to miss that. So violent moves up and violent moves down, like aren't necessarily uh, a good thing. Now, while Bitcoin's still in its money, like. Uh, um, monetization phase, you are going to have violent explosions upward. Uh, but it'd be nice if those violent explosions upwards uh, didn't also have to have a three-year depression uh, following them. Uh, now, the number spikes up uh, dramatically uh, simply uh, because of the, you know, one of the, the, the main phenomena that we know as FOMO. People just want to buy Bitcoin. So everyone just decides to throw a lump sum at Bitcoin Price goes through the roof. Uh, the the early uh, investors uh, sell, rightly so, because this is how the number go up loop uh, fulfills itself. The early equity holders have to sell to free themselves up to go and work on Bitcoin. Uh, so, for example, I came a little too late uh, to be able to uh, cash out last bubble to a point where I could just leave my job and focus on Bitcoin. Uh, but next bubble... Uh, I will be able to cash out a little to quit my job and focus on Bitcoin. And me focusing on Bitcoin helps 
the number go up loop through my efforts in evangelizing and writing and all that kind of stuff. So Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing department. It, you know, it relies on the evangelists and you can't really get a paid gig as an evangelist. So if you're self-funded and, you know, uh, you can go off and evangelize, it's not a big problem. It's, uh, just like the, the, the early employees at Facebook, uh, all became a multi, 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 multi deca millionaires, you know, sold their shares and went off and worked on, on passion projects. I did want to, um, come back to this, this use of the word sats and for people that might be yes. thinking, what the hell is he talking about? Sats. I want to buy Bitcoin. What's sats? So, uh, so sat is, uh, is for the humble, is for the humble folk. So, uh, one of, uh, uh, you know, Bitcoin's, uh, you know, best properties is that you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin and a Satoshi is just that. So uh, a Satoshi is one one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Now, uh, you know, psychologically, you know, we're hardwired kind of against fractions and decimals and everyone would like to say, like, I have a Bitcoin. So I have a, I have a friend uh, the uh, uh, few weeks ago, uh, he decided that's it. He needed he needed to get a a Bitcoin. I said like, relax, don't worry. You don't have to get a Bitcoin. Just like uh, you know, if you've got a budget, just stick your budget. And uh, and you know, uh, if you really got bad FOMO, like uh, split it up into uh, twenty orders over the next twenty days. And then he's like. Okay, so this was about seven weeks ago. Bitcoin was about seven thousand bucks each, and it was stable for a couple of days. It went up to eight thousand, maybe on his fifth day of DCA, and he called me and he's like, "I got it. I bought the whole Bitcoin." So I told him, "My like, congratulations, and and you're one of a, a very like uh, you know a very fair few people." But like you have to promise me to not panic and be upset if like Bitcoin goes to five thousand dollars next week. And I said because you know there's a halving coming up and there's a lot of hype about it and it might turn out you know uh, you know people might try to manipulate things and drop the price. You just you just gotta you know try try your best not to panic. Now luckily for him, uh, he's never spent a day in the red in his life, and uh, Bitcoin's now almost uh, ten grand. And two weeks ago, he called me panicking, saying Bitcoin just dropped from ten grand to eight grand. Should I sell the one I got for eight grand and buy it back later? I said no, and I thought to myself, "Thank God it didn't drop from eight thousand to six thousand," because because he saw it happening in real time. It only took forty minutes to drop from ten thousand to eight thousand. Like that's just how Bitcoin works. It can erase six months of gains in six minutes. Uh, but it can also erase six months of losses in six minutes. It's just, it's just Bitcoin. Uh, lump sum investing does not work. Uh, you can get lucky with a lump sum. So he got very lucky uh, that he FOMO'd when it went from seven thousand to eight thousand. Uh, and he would have been cursing his breath, saying, "Damn Hass, I shouldn't have damn listened to him, and I should have just bought them all at seven thousand. Uh, but I bet you, if he did. And it dropped to five thousand. Two weeks later, he would have been cursing me, saying, "At damn Hass, I wish I never met him and never bought Bitcoin." Uh, so evangelism can be hard, and uh, when the price isn't stable, that makes the job of the evangelist very difficult. So, for example, so 
2014, I went back to Oxford to apply for a DPhil or PhD in Bitcoin at Side Business School. I got laughed out of admissions. 2015, tried again, got laughed out of admissions. Uh, so at that point, like the demoralization was complete and like I gave up on like, uh, you know, uh, pursuing a PhD in Bitcoin and all of that kind of stuff. 2017 came along, some uh, rich uh, uh, M- uh, alumni uh, uh, Bitcoiner donated some money to Said Business School of Oxford. And later that summer, they started the Oxford blockchain course. <laughs> Man. So, uh, so, uh, uh, and the reason I think, you know, I got laughed out in 2014 and 2015 is because you bring a research proposal and then a professor will look up Bitcoin and then all you read about Bitcoin is garbage and, and how it's crashed and how it's a scam. Like it doesn't, like bubbles are not good for the narrative. And as you've witnessed in the past six months, the only thing on earth that matters is the narrative. The narrative has brought economies to a halt. Uh, the narrative has been able to conflate, you know, protesting with rioting. Uh, all that matters is the narrative. Like facts don't really matter. It doesn't matter that, you know, Bitcoin is a decentralized uh, system. No one controls it, blah, blah, blah. The narrative is if you invest money in Bitcoin, chances are you're going to lose money. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's a narrative that's, like it's very hard to break like bitcoin has been like the pace uh, of change and evolution and development and improvement in bitcoin has been leaps and bounds in the past three years like you cannot recognize bitcoin from three years ago yet we're 50 we're half ath and every single detractor in the world can readily and easily point to a graph and say look bitcoin is down 50 percent uh so the so the uh so you know, we can't be uh, uh, too moral and righteous. Uh, there is a there is a narrative battle to fight, and uh, and we need to put uh, put some skin into the narrative. So there's 900 bitcoins mined a day. We'll call the price 10 grand. That means nine million dollars has got to flow into Bitcoin every day. That's 0.02 percent of the world's adult chipping in a couple of coffees a day to keep Bitcoin stable. Uh, it's not a big ask to do, especially since some of the biggest names in Bitcoin already have you know, close to a million uh, social media followers. Man, when, when you say it like that, it's so striking, you know. And it's funny, you, you mentioned uh, Sophie Dean before we start recording. Um, I take his um, courses online and yeah. uh, we have weekly weekly get-togethers and weekly forum chats. Um, so there's like 20 people from all over the world, 30 people, whatever, all on a, like a Zoom call with uh, with Safe and just firing questions at him. And, you know, it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely excellent. And my question to him last week, which is what led me to you, um, my question to him last week was, with this rise of um, auto-DCA, auto-buying um, companies being created, uh, you know, we have Swan in the US, over in um, Australia, you've got Amber, Alex is in Europe trying to start Europe. We just lost Ruben with Get Bitter, unfortunately. Yeah, ch- ch- check out my pinned tweet. I've got all the companies listed and who's coming soon as well. But yeah, there sorry to go. interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's a problem. No, no, no problem at all. Um, b- because that that is what we need. And my question to Safe was, with this 
new wave of people coming in, are we going to lift the price floor for Bitcoin? Because surely it's going to, and I think it's exactly what you've been saying, we're, we're going to slowly, one, we're going to create more hodlers and therefore the volatility, I mean, it won't drop out completely, but it will drop, you know, the, the, the wild swings won't be as wild anymore because we're just, you know... It's like the minnows lifting the whale out of the ocean, if that's like a, an analogy. Well, 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 somebody tweeted today. It was a hilarious tweet. It was, wasn't Bitcoin related, but it said, it's hilarious to see billionaire hedge fund shorters uh, being squeezed by uh, Trump bucks preloaded Visa card millennials on Robinhood. Right. Because at the end of the day, 10 million, 50 million people chipping in five bucks each a day, like no hedge fund can compete with that. And that's the beauty of it. Like that, it really is just, you know, we don't need to be running amok through the streets like every other revolution in history. Like this is this just is a the coffee a day from just a coffee a day from everyone. A lot of people say, yeah, but the Venezuelans can't afford it. That's fine. Mm. The Tesla Model 3 exists because rich people bought the Tesla Model S and the Tesla Model uh, X. Mm -hmm. So if we want to help out, the you know the africans and the the southeast asians and all of that we rich people it is incumbent upon us to buy this model s to be able to give them the model 3 so we have to buy the bitcoin we have to stabilize it for them and then they can use it and hell like who who other than the you know the clinton foundation who's ever heard of a charity you can donate to and get rich off it right yeah so let's let's go through then some of the companies that um, you know. Uh, sure, people go and check out your your tweet, but uh, if they're listening now and they're interested in starting their DCA journey, what are the companies around the world that are that are doing this and uh, have this in place? So uh, there's lots of different companies that deliver it in in different methods as well. So in the USA, uh, you've got uh, Swan, uh, River Financial, and uh, and Cash App. Uh, in Australia, uh, we've got uh, uh, Amber, which is uh, which is app app based brokerage, but also Bitteru, which is a Bitcoin only exchange. So it's uh, it's for the hardcore uh, power users and and traders, uh, but they do allow us normal folk to auto DCA at a 0.19% fee. So they've really uh, they've really really looked uh, looked after us. It's almost. Uh, like playing life on cheat codes, uh, uh, DCAing. Uh, in the UK, you've got uh, you've got Coinfloor. Uh, also, uh, uh, in India, you've got Bitdroplets. You've got a couple uh, couple coming to Europe really soon in uh, Moon Tower. Uh, Amber is also so Amber covers Australia, but also hopefully soon, very soon, uh, uh, UK and uh, and EU. Uh, you have uh, twenty one bitcoins. Also coming soon to Europe, which maybe I think should be next month. Uh, and uh, and uh, Dennis uh, Dennis Riemann has uh, created uh, a script, which is uh, which is put on GitHub, uh, which taps into the Kraken API. And if you happen to have an account on Kraken, uh, load up your Kraken account uh, uh, with some money, and uh, you can use the the API uh, to to auto DCA for you. Uh, through you know scheduling something up uh, through cron uh, 
but I do not encourage people to sign up for Kraken or any other uh, any other non Bitcoin only businesses. Uh, I believe anyone that that lists anything other than Bitcoin uh, is uh, is a is a net negative. Uh, I even go so far as use the Trumpian term uh, enemies of the people. So I I believe you know at this point uh, probably a million hours and uh, and fifty billion dollars. Uh, has been wasted on the distraction of the shitcoin experiment that could have all flowed into Bitcoin, and we would have been at five hundred thousand dollars a coin by now. Yeah, so man. much, so much brain force just wasted, uh, you know, developing garbage. Uh, but again, you know, it is what it is, and uh, you know, these these people were were incentivized, and uh, uh, so yeah, the only thing we can do. As uh, me, as as purist uh, religious ideologue, is refuse to support anyone uh, that isn't 100% uh, behind Bitcoin. All of these, all of these other projects uh, are distractions at best, uh, attacks at worst. And I, I just checked your just to make sure that we didn't miss anybody out. Um, Canada, if you want to get yes, a bull Bitcoin, out. bull Bitcoin. How <laughs> could I forget Canada? I'm I'm very sorry for the bulls. <laughs> And yeah. um, there's one more Kiwi and Aussie based, beginning with V. Yeah, but but I I, <laughs> I I gave that to the to the to the to the Euros only because they were desperate for an option. Now uh, <laughs> these guys, all of their marketing is Bitcoin focused and Bitcoin heavy, and uh, they appear to be a Bitcoin only company, uh, but unfortunately they uh, they also uh, deal in F amphetamine, which is. Uh, which is a sin. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, man. Well, I think that's. I think we've rounded out uh, like the, the 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 power of compounding and building a portfolio through these um, these weekly, daily, hourly, monthly buys, whatever it is. Um, is there is there anything else that um, that you see coming along on the horizon that might help you know people? That are, you know, just like their first steps, their baby steps into Bitcoin. It, or what do you think needs to happen for for people that are, you know, coming in, learning about it, a little bit confused about it? Um, where where do you see room for improvement? Look, because it's not a centralized entity, it's very difficult to point people, you know, to to you know one centralized place. Uh, 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 for me, I always uh, uh, recommend them uh, buying a book called The Little Bitcoin Book to get them started because most people don't – like you don't need to learn about Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin is what it is. Like it's not the – oh, I'm going to upset a lot of people here. Like Bitcoin is not this like amazing tech. Uh, it's just like tech. Uh, but it has like amazing, profound potential impact on like – how society is structured and run. So I feel it's more valuable to learn about status, the status quo and money as is now and why it's broken and why Bitcoin offers a solution. Uh, the rest of Bitcoin can be abstracted away. It's, uh, you know, people don't need to know uh, the underpinnings of, of iOS to know how iPad works. They just use the iPad. Uh, they just, you know, and know what it's for, know what it's capable of. Uh, so for me with Bitcoin, I think the, 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 the lessons, the important lessons for normies 
is uh, is the religious and spiritual side. It's what's wrong with the money, uh, and why, you know, why why is it that by you buying Bitcoin, you're effectively doing yourself an act of charity and the world an act of charity? Okay, man, I got a few closing questions for you. Yeah, and uh, then I'll let you go because I know it's getting late over your part of the world. Um, if there's one person that you could bring in on your mission, on your on your crusades as uh, as the friar, who would that person be, and why? Someone, someone with a with a loud voice and a and a large following. So, uh, so who would that? Who'd be the loudest voice and largest following? Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone controversial. I don't know. Maybe Donald Trump. <laughs> See if I can. Because yeah, he hates orange coin. Orange man hate orange coin. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, like I said, as a friar, I move amongst the people and it's, uh, it's, it's just more important to get masses on board than, uh, than one particular person. So if there's any one particular person I needed to bring on, it would need to be somebody in touch and connected to the masses. Maybe the Pope oh. himself, who knows? <laughs> the Pope has been, he's been an answer before as well. Um, yeah, we've had a few good ones. Trump has come up as controversial. Um, the Pope has come up. Uh, we've had uh, Joe Rogan is leading the pack um, yeah. by lo- by a long, long way. And um, Elon Musk, you you mentioned uh, Tesla earlier. Uh, he gets um, mentioned a lot as well. Um, so there's a, a lot of big names out there. That, yeah, um, I'd, I'd take any one of those guys. Yeah, Rogan, Rogan would be a good – I'm surprised Rogan isn't already a voice – yeah, it's interesting considering he's had Andreas on like three or four times. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's that's an interesting one. Um, John Vallis called out uh, the Dalai Lama, which I thought was yeah. uh, pretty good. He likes orange. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, <laughs> we need we need a, the bee on his tunic. How good yeah. would that be? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Well, there's a meme right there. Yeah, well, All I, I, memers, I, I did rock one of those uh, a couple of months. Uh, a couple Did of months you? back, giving a sermon, a, a big orange, uh, <laughs> orange uh, robe with a with a Bitcoin uh, 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 badge pendant on the on the orange. So, last last fun kind of question that I want to throw at you uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, Bitcoiner, civil engineer, lots of Citadel talks. It seems to me as though you're going to be like uh, target number one for people to come and say, "Hey, can you come and help me build the Citadel?" And um, you know, pay you in Bitcoin. Oh, absolutely. There, there's there's a lot of builders. Uh, uh, actually, there's uh, a couple of other builders in the space. Uh, when we say builder, everyone assumes coder. But the the, the builders we've got, who have we got? There's Stonewall Bison, Surfer Jim, Jeremiah. Yeah, there's a couple of people in the in the in the Citadel construction business. So uh, you'll be able you'll be able to rely on us for sure. So I can uh, I can I can also build the roads. So roads used to be my speciality. <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll leave them to maybe build. I'll leave Stonewall to to build the walls. Uh, 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 Surfer Jim and Jeremiah can can do the build, and I'll build the roads. And we have the perfect place. Yeah. Um, you know, meme aside, what 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 do you think about that? I know it's all a bit of fun, but um, do you think? Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what what are your thoughts around like the whole Citadel meme? Uh, look, I believe. Uh, smart countries will attract 
Bitcoiners. So there's a, there's a couple of smart countries popping up. Uh, uh, Malta, Portugal, Cyprus. Uh, this is in addition to all of the traditional tax havens. They're saying, Bitcoiners, come, bring your Bitcoin. We're not going to tax you on them, uh, but we'll take you know, VAT when you spend money. Just come spend those dollars. And if you want to build a citadel, we'll, we'll give you uh, approvals for it. Because unfortunately, you know, as we've seen in the past few months, uh, freedom is a fantastic concept, uh, but it doesn't scale. So who gives the lion his freedom in the jungle? No one. He gives himself freedom. Uh, might makes right. And uh, if, if you can't protect your freedom with might, you find like your freedom is difficult to protect. Uh, this is also a lesson very easily learned in chaos. Uh, like you will learn this living in a place like Lebanon. Uh, and this is why things like the, you know, the Second Amendment in America exists. Uh, freedom doesn't scale and people will try to take your freedom. That's just how, that's just how nature is. Uh, humans, we're just, we have, you know, formed social norms and, and, you know, being able to civilize and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, we're animals and, uh, and we follow nature's laws and freedom isn't a natural law. Uh, might gives you freedom in the jungle. Uh, so if we want, you know, freedom and sovereignty, uh, I think the only real way is, uh, something like a defensible citadel uh, where people that share uh, values and ideologies uh, live together and defend together. Uh, I think, uh, you know, lo localization and decentralization uh, is, is the future. We are moving away uh, further and further from centralized uh, systems. Even if not socially, we, we are seeing big failures in, uh, you know, centralized uh, systems. So, for example, the other day, uh, you know, somebody was telling me, you know, uh, Trump is messing up with all these riots and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. But like, like, do you realize America is effectively like 50 different countries, like with a president? So like, he's the figurehead, but he can't really do much. Like it, this kind of stuff has to be like dealt with, you know, at a more local level, because Imagine trying to have one person look after every single state in America and blanket policy on it. Like it just, it doesn't work. So, you, so sometimes you need to, to centralize some things like, for example, the national defense, uh, which is, you know, strongly in the purview of the president, but there's just lots of things that like a centralized body is not geared to handle. Uh, so you do have to go uh, uh, more and more local. And we're even finding now at the state level, you got to go local to the to the local mayoral level. And even at the mayoral level, they're not being able to handle it now. And you have people now street by street defending their own street at, at that level of, uh, of localism. Uh, so, uh, no, I think uh, I think citadels will will need to become uh, uh, a thing in the future. They might just look like your standard regular uh, gated communities, uh, but they, they definitely uh, will be more and more prevalent, uh, I'd imagine. Yeah, and to your point about the countries, um, you know, could, could a country become a citadel? Um, you know, it's, uh, and that plays into the whole game theory about Bitcoin, doesn't it? Um, like, uh, as, soon as, one country, as soon as one country starts attracting this, there's going to be a huge flight of real, like, wealth, one, but um knowledge um like technical skills um 
professional skills. That is very interesting to a country that has seen some dark days over the last, um, you know, two or three decades. Yeah, but it could also be something that completely changes the culture of a country. So let's take, I don't know, uh, Cyprus as an example, right? No tax on, on crypto there. Everyone, every Bitcoiner moves to Cyprus and we turn it into like a Bitcoin citadel. Well, it's not Cyprus anymore. Like you've taken away Cyprus from the Cypriots. Historically, that's been a recipe for disaster. Uh, so, uh, so that's why I think uh, probably uh, the citadels have to be local and they, they basically have to be ideologically homogenous. Otherwise, it's just not defensible. You won't be Man. able to defend your citadel unless everyone's on board you know, with the ideology. Sounds cult-like, sounds like whatever, but look throughout history. When uh, uh, ideological homogeneity collapsed, the country collapsed. Uh, and and you're, seeing, you're seeing that now in America. You've had complete... So I don't believe that the bridge between the left and the right in America is uh, mendable any longer. So uh, uh, the USA has lost its uh, ideological homogeneity, uh, and and you're seeing you're seeing it like slowly falling apart at the seams, and that's terrible because uh, because for me, uh, America is the best idea, second best idea ever in history. So like the the idea of America, like the Constitution, uh, the Bill of Rights. For me, second best idea in history. I'm guessing Obviously, the first is Bitcoin. <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> so, it, so it held it held the title for a couple of hundred years. So, all due respect to America, but uh, yeah, there's a new champ in town, new idea in town, and his name is Bitcoin. That's the one. Uh, all right, man. Well, last question, fun question. Um, you don't have to answer it because it's in, entirely up to you. But where do you see? Um, us closing out the year, um, end of 2020 for the Bitcoin price, something that you've obviously watched very closely throughout your Bitcoin yeah. journey. So uh, I reckon, uh, so on last January, so 18 months ago on Bitcoin's 10th birthday, uh, I wrote an article saying happy 20th birthday, Bitcoin. Uh, and in that article, I did have a price prediction for 2020. And uh, uh, the price prediction was there was a Christmas miracle, and uh, we ended the year at ten thousand. So uh, I don't think there'll be a Christmas miracle this time. I don't think we'll need one, uh, but I think we'll probably stay at this price to the end of the year. Ranging might go a couple of thousand bucks higher, uh, probably go a couple of thousand bucks lower, uh, but I think uh, until there's uh, uh, a big protocol upgrade, uh, like uh, Schnorr signatures, for example. So he here's my theory on it. Like Schnorr signatures will, you know, increase transaction throughput by forty percent. That means price what, increases by forty. What are Schnorr signatures? There's a rabbit hole. Wasn't expecting. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a more efficient way of uh, of aggregating uh, signature outputs. Uh, it's it's especially helpful. Uh, for multi-signature transactions, so in a in a multi-signature transaction, obviously as the as the name suggests, uh, there are multiple signatures involved in a transaction, and uh, all signatures have a have a weight to them that take up space in a block, 
and Schnorr signatures will help aggregate all of these multiple signatures into into one, uh, you know, saving saving precious space and allowing uh, for for more transactions per block and more throughput, which by default increases Bitcoin's utility, which by default makes you know the number go up. Uh, mm-hmm. It also allows the possibility of you know uh, massively multi-sig uh, addresses. So uh, I don't know. Got J.P. Morgan can uh, can decide then to hold uh, uh, Bitcoin in a, a 95 of 100 key set, give a key to every single regional manager, and for them to make a transaction, require everyone to go on a, a private jet junket, meet on an island somewhere, and, and sign a message. <laughs> Probably not going to happen like that in practice, but it allows institutions uh, more options and flexibility. And if you allow institutions more options and flexibility, Bitcoin utility goes up. Bitcoin utility goes up, the price goes up, and uh, and so on and so forth. And it just becomes a critical point where if price goes up enough, uh, it'll trigger uh, mass media attention and uh, and mania once again. And hopefully this time around in the mania, uh, we can promote uh, auto D- now auto DCA has has been pro- sorry DCA rather has been promoted for a long time. Uh, but the mental discipline required for DCA uh, is is too much for such a volatile asset. It needs to be automatic, or you're not going to do it. Uh, if you see the price dropping a hundred bucks, you are not going to buy. You're going to say it's going to drop another hundred. I'll buy then. And even when it drops that other hundred, you say it's going to drop another hundred. I'll buy then. Then one day it goes up three hundred, and you say shit, I should have bought, and you FOMO. And then the next day it drops three hundred dollars. So the only way to do it is automatically. And now that we have the infrastructure in place to recommend people just go automatically to SWAN and, you know, uh, and SWAN has, you know, education programs uh, attached with it. Uh, so now that the infrastructure is in place, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that, that we can start directing people to these Bitcoin only auto DCA companies so that you don't send them away uh, to an exchange and they come back and say, Hey, Hass, uh, have you heard of this Euthrium? <laughs> what? Uh, you, 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 oh, you, you mean Ethereum. Uh, here's a recommendation. If you can't pronounce it, don't buy it. <laughs> so uh, when you send them to an auto, when you send them to a Bitcoin-only company, nobody ever comes back with that statement. They always come back with, hey, guess what? I've got 10 million sats. And that is a nice feeling. And that's so- heavy duty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like 2020, then you don't see this 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 hype cycle beginning. No, you, no. Next you, year. You, next year. 2021. So, I, is, so I, I also made the prediction: uh, uh, seventy thousand US dollars at block seven hundred thousand. <laughs> Very nice. So, so nice round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So round number. Uh, uh, that happens to be. Uh, Effectively, exactly the one, the the one third point uh, between this halving and the next. So we got two hundred and ten thousand blocks. So uh, we we halved at block uh, six hundred thirty thousand. So in seventy thousand blocks at seven hundred thousand, which is around about this time next year, maybe July next year, I see that we start we start to move. Uh, again, 
and uh, and again at uh, at seventy thousand dollars a bitcoin, like you only require something like ten to fifteen billion dollars a year of inflow to absorb all the inflation, like it's it's nothing. So at seventy thousand, you know, per bitcoin, you need uh, uh, seventy seventy million dollars uh, a day, or half a billion a week. Oh yeah, twenty five billion a year. So I believe since the start of Corona, uh, world governments have been printing like twenty-five billion per hour. <laughs> so like it's not much to hold a seventy thousand dollar Bitcoin. Uh, like it, it really isn't much. Uh, like a- another point I was making the other day, you know, uh, uh, Bitcoin hodlers like paranoid about you know five dollar wrench attacks and all of that kind of stuff. Today, today, right now. Satoshi Nakamoto himself, if it's true and he's and he, she, or they are still alive and they hold a million Bitcoin, still don't break into the world's top 2,000 billionaires. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, it's only $10 billion. Do you know how many people have $10 billion? Just go on Forbes.com rich list. He does not make mm. the top 2,000. That's crazy. That, that again just shows you how early this thing is like um and and how small it is in comparison to uh, and how much room there is to grow so yeah so don't be afraid to to evangelize like if you've got if you're a whole coiner and you have one bitcoin like no one's ever going to bother with you like what bitcoin's going to go to 10 million each or you know how many people have 10 million dollars that are easier to rob than you will be <laughs> uh so like bitcoins like like tiny so uh so do your part do what needs to be done uh get people on board spread the religion and uh ideologically commit to it uh don't say i'll buy it when the price is lower because when the price is lower people leave the ecosystem like we uh, number go down is also a perpetual loop price goes down because price has been going down price goes up because price has been going up uh so if you want to do a favor to bitcoin Commit a percentage of your of your wage, one percent, five percent, ten percent, and that's it. Make an ideological to commitment to save your money in this new parallel system. If you want it to grow, you have to grow it yourself. Like people aren't going to grow it for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I coined this. I don't know whether you heard this before. Um, like the opposite to FOMO, I think is FOSO, and I definitely have a fear of selling out. And I think you probably do. Well, I know you do. Right? <laughs> You're never. Like, no, well, no. well, you will, you will to release yourself from the burden of your day-to-day job, like you said which, earlier. Which, which, which won't be hopefully. Which, like, if if I if what I believe, like, happens, like it it, it won't need it won't need to be uh, that It'd much. It'd be a fraction of the stack, and, uh, right? yeah. and just like you can DCA in, like you can mm. also DCA out. Like mm. you don't have to say when Bitcoin reaches a hundred thousand. I'm going to sell one Bitcoin. You can say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to sell 0.1 at 65,000. And like, that's a safe one. And then I'll sell 0.2 at uh, 85,000. Uh, and if it gets to 85,000, it's most likely going to get to 100,000. So I'll, you know, I'll sell 0.3 there. And if it gets to 100, it'll probably get to, you know, 140. Uh, I'll sell, you know, uh, uh, another 0.2 there. Now, the pump comes and goes, and it only hit 80 grand. Uh, if you'd been holding your horses to sell the wad at a hundred grand, you've walked mm. away with nothing and have to wait another four years. 
<laughs> Whereas uh, you may have, you know, gotten enough to lick your finger a little. You say, all right, I sold a little bit at 65 grand, sold a little bit at 75, sold a bit at, at 85. And, you know, I can't quit work, uh, but at least now I can put a huge dent in my mortgage. And, you know, next time around, next bull around, uh, I'll be able to uh, quit work. But the, but between now and the next bull, my life is going to be significantly better than it was, you know, last month. Whereas if you Ooh, miss so out on the selling, selling, whereas if you miss out on the selling altogether for the next four years, you're going to be hammering yourself. I should have sold. I should have sold. So so even me in this, you know, 70 odd months that I've been here, like I've only seen like, you know, three, four good months of like joy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know there was a solid year after after the bubble popped where every day i was cursing myself i should have sold like i held in pain for so long put myself through so much price went up and i got greedy and said i'll sell at 50,000 whereas if i just sold a few at 10 or a little bit at 15 and a little bit at 20 uh, this would have been a far more pleasant past 3 years and i probably would have rebought everything i sold uh, since it crashed, you know, 70%. Through auto buying as well. So, yep. so, so my yeah. lesson is, uh, uh, you know, don't don't FOMO in, don't FOMO out as well. So uh, I've already set my uh, DCA exit strategy. So I've already allocated exactly how much I'll be selling and exactly at what price. And if the price comes, the price comes. And if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. But there are a couple like of, of sales, like they'll come. So I've been very non-greedy in part of the sales and extremely greedy in another part. And I'm hoping I land the average. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, but I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe in lumps. Lumps in Bitcoin are, are dangerous. Just like when you find a lump in your body, it's dangerous. Don't, <laughs> don't lump some in or out of Bitcoin. <laughs> A perfect lesson and probably a, a great place to end. Um, unless, of course, is there anything that um, – do you have any final closing thoughts that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, actually. I've got a marketing tool for all the listeners. So there's okay. a great website. It's called dcabtc.com. Okay. So, so what I tell people to do is I tell people to load up the website and then I tell them to recall the first time, you know, roughly speaking – that they heard of Bitcoin and plug that into, you know, the start date and then uh, uh, plug in a dollar per week figure and uh, see how much money they'd have now if they'd started auto DCAing uh, from the first day they heard of Bitcoin. And uh, like typically uh, they become Bitcoiners like that afternoon. So as That's an exercise, amazing. if you started, if you lump summed, uh, at the top of the bubble in 2017, uh, you know, you're down 50% now. Uh, but if you started a weekly DCA the day of the top of the bubble, you're up like 60% now because you had so much time buying weekly in the 3,000s. So all of that money has tripled. Right. And yes. all of those buys you bought in the 5,000, <laughs> all of that money has doubled. Whereas you probably bought twice when the price was high. It's probably stayed a week at 20 grand, a week at 15 grand, a week at 10. And then all your buys have pretty much been lower than what the current price is now. Man, that's a mind blower right there. 
but again, if you've bought it 20 grand, like you cannot mentally bring yourself to buy a three grand at that point, mm -hmm. you're certain that Bitcoin is going to zero, you know, psychologically, if you've bought it 20 grand and you've been watching all this FUD nonstop coming at you, like even, even like the true believers, like, uh, in that, in that post bubble crash to 3000, if you have a look at like the hodl wave maps and all of that, a lot of old Bitcoin dumped at that point, like even the believers had lost belief. So imagine a newbie. So these believers all bought Bitcoin at a dollar. So they're already up 3000 times. So they, you know, there's no difference between being up 20,000 times and being up 3000 times. Uh, but for somebody that's down 80%, uh, like you become almost certain that, yeah, this is going to be a hundred percent loss. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're on an auto DCA plan and like, you're not worried about it all, uh, you would have copped one buy in the 20,000 area. And if you open your auto DCA app a couple months later and you have a look at your stash and what you've got, you're in profit. So it's, Perfect, uh, it's, the, it's, it's the way to go. So it's, it, this is a lesson earned with a lot of pain. And, uh, and I preach it so loud uh, because I don't want anyone else uh, to go through it. And it's, uh, it's better for Bitcoin if it's stable. So, uh, so uh, regular charity and giving and tithing rather than lump sum donation or investment. Mate, it's been so, so good to, to do this and to get to know you and to uh, like understand like the, the ethos behind it and where you're coming from. You know, it's, uh, you're standing from a very, very solid place. And um, I think this is going to go across really, really well with everybody listening. So, you know, a huge thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, 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 giving, me, for giving me a chance to get on the pulpit and preach. Much appreciated. <laughs> Where can people come find you on Twitter? So uh, people can uh, come find me on Twitter at Friar Hass, F-R-I-A-R-H-A-S-S. So uh, DMs are open as well. Always love, a, always love a chat about Bitcoin. Thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Have, uh, have yourself a good evening. Thank you. Great to be here with you, Daniel. Take care. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode with uh, the good Friar himself. I certainly did. Um, brilliant conversation. Really um, interesting for for those of you that uh, were always wondering, you know, what is this DCA thing? I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure after this this podcast that um, you'll be a hundred percent up to speed and understand exactly what it is and the power of it and how it's going to be able to help you, um, you know, manage uh, building your stack and you know stacking your sats for for the future. Uh, really. Um, very interesting towards the end there. Um, I'd never, ever given any kind of thought to auto sell. Um, that's, yeah, really, I, I'm going to go look into that right now. I'm going to go check CoinFloor and um, and see if I can set something up there because that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, yes, we are all hodlers and, uh, well, not all. This is, this, this is the point, right? Everybody's different. Everybody's situation is completely different. Uh, for me, I've been a hodler for many years, and I, I want to, for as long as possible, um, be that way. And then, but then, like listening to Fryer, he's like, you know, he's he's got this strategy of, you know, if I can get to this point, and then this point, and then this point, then I can leave my job, and then I can work on passion projects. But at the same time, I'll still be stacking all the way back down. And um, his understanding of like the cycle and the like the kind of number go up theory that he was uh, talking about is uh, is amazing, and I can't wait till uh, to see if 
his his prophecy comes true, like July 2021, 70,000. Um, I think he's talking US dollar terms. Uh, so, well, even if he's talking Aussie dollar terms, that's still, <laughs> still a fair whack. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what, more is left to say if you if you if you've been listening to the podcast or you've been reading a few books or articles um whether it's my podcast or others and you're still on the on the kind of fence and don't know where to turn i think this 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 episode is really going to help unlock your your thoughts around just starting a very very slow kind of um entry into um into bitcoin he mentioned all of the companies. Go check them out. I'll put them in the show notes as well, and the countries that they're attached to, so you can, uh, you know, go and make that uh, as easy as possible. Um, I will shill uh, coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. Those guys um, support the show and uh, Bitcoin only. You can go start stacking some sats there. And uh, Swan Bitcoin were very kind to to give me a referral link. That's uh, in the US. Almost all states. Sorry, guys in New York. Um, they're fighting the regulators there to try and bring the service to you in New York. At the moment, um, they're, they're not uh, they're not able to offer the service. But for the rest of you in the states, um, head over to swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten, and you can start stacking your sats with another purely Bitcoin only company. So thanks guys for listening really appreciate it really appreciate all of the um the chatter on um on twitter with the retweets and the shares and uh, and the banter it um it's great to see it's awesome really appreciate you uh you sticking around and um supporting the show have a great evening afternoon morning wherever you are and uh thanks again guys